1: See how you can get involved in support throughout all ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughout com. That's throughout dot com.
2: Oh, thank you for listening in tonight, to this morning, um, everyone. Um, today is going to be an exciting message, um, a lot of emotions involved. But um, what we do is go into um, throughout all ages ministry, goes into the public high schools, builds up the students' character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. This afternoon... Um, Uh, Friday, actually, uh, one of the schools in East County is having homecoming, and and we're putting out a whole bunch of gospel tracts to the students and giving them water bottles. So I'm really excited about that. But I want to share a verse with you, and it's leading into our topic. It's Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who... hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I have a special guest here today, and we um, are both a part of a club that no one wants to be a part of. We're both widows. And to see how God works in this troublesome journey as we all um, experience trials and tribulation, how are we going to stand? Are we going to build our house upon the rock, or are we going to build our house upon the sand? And that determines how we are going to take these steps into this difficult time. And I think my sister here, my Worcester sister, we both knew when the rubber hit the road we knew that our faith, will it stand or will it not? And I think it was because that we both hungered and thirsted after righteousness. And God filled us in the most difficult year of our life. And um, it was pretty amazing when Connie and I first met. Um, we walked, actually, we. I went to Grief Share, and I did not want to go. And you can go to griefshare.org and look for a class in your area. Um, it's definitely amazing. But I walked in my first day into this Grief Share class, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and we're like, we know each other, but didn't know until the end, and we're – asking about all the churches we might have attended and then finally we found out like 18 years ago our my daughters were in a kids club group in East County and she was one of the teachers and one of the angel act- actresses so it was pretty amazing to kind of to be reconnected but, um, under the worst circumstances, but I don't know what I would have done without Connie, we actually both lost our husband um, to COVID. So we both lost our husband to COVID and hospital protocol, and we're going to get pretty in debt to depth today regarding those, um, those details. Um, you know, as a widow, we get really... W- before, when our husbands went into the hospital, we were in shock. We are like, what's going to happen? And we have the hope that he, they're going to come home. So um, our prayers are to God, Lord Jesus, heal our husband, bring him home. And we didn't realize what the outcome was going to be. But all we know and knew that we had to cling on to Jesus. And in all circumstances, like I said in the beginning, we this th- the Bible and these verses is what got us through. And we're like, wow, we survived a year. We survived a year without our husbands. And I was telling a friend the other day, wow, what A lot of times we do as we're going through life. We go straight to our husband for answers, to decide how to handle things. Um, But now we go straight to God, and we're like, God, what should we do here? And we pray so much. We're praying without ceasing. We're seeking the Lord and godly counsel. And that could be with anything, a loss of a loved one, um, a car accident, sickness, health drug addiction. God is there for those that are suffering. So although we have something in common, Connie and I, every circumstance, life, we are living in a fallen world and death is going to come to us all. But the end result is where are we going to go when we die? And one thing when I was going down this journey that was a real struggle once my husband went to heaven I uh, used to go through the woulda, shoulda, coulda's. And I had, um, I kept on saying, you know, hold thoughts captive unto the obedience of Christ. So when you just focus on the first part of the verse, hold thoughts captive, well, you know what? You have to really bring in that second part because to fight, hold your thoughts captive. Don't think of that because one friend said, you can you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent a bird from planting a nest in your hair. And so when I used to have these thoughts, should I have took my husband out of the hospital? Um, should I have not allowed him to go in the hospital? But what would I have done? Why weren't we prepared with all these things? That's not relevant because God numbers our days, ladies and gentlemen. God numbers our days. So there's nothing I could have done differently that my husband was scheduled to die in the God's book, on October 2nd, 2021. And so as I looked at that verse to hold thoughts captive, do you want to be obedient to God? Does your heart long to please Him? Does your heart long to ab- abide in Him? Well, it should be that way because we all go through brutal times in our life. And it it could be so difficult, but why not go through it and take Jesus along with you? He's going to get you through it. And now I say, Jesus did get me through that year. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my pastor's wife. Thank you, Jesus, for Connie and my Wister sisters that we're going to tell you about, my Wisters and Widows of Worth. And, and thank you, God, for Grief Share and my mentor, Tony and Diane. God has placed so many wonderful people in our lives and take advantage of that, my sister, Heather, and um, my family and friends. So as I um, get ready to introduce Introduce um, my wonderful friend. Um, her name is Connie, and she lost her husband David. And I, I, in the beginning, it was so hard to say "lost" because we know they're in heaven. But um, you know, we, we kind of lost her husband, and uh, it is difficult to say, "Yeah, he's in heaven." Um, they're, they're in heaven and wonderful and having uh, the most perfect time and not really worrying or concerned about us. But Connie, thank you so much for being here. And please tell me a little bit about your husband,
3: Dave. Well, thank you, Stacy, for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here in a kind of a different way because it's a subject that's hard to talk about but much needed. And it is, like you said, a journey none of us want to take and it's a club we don't want to belong to, and the initiation is brutal. We had to lose something and lose something very precious. But my husband, David Charles Coleman, was a wonderful man born August 9, 1952, and the Lord took him home August eighth, two 2021, one day before his 69th birthday. When Dave went in the hospital and got sick and went in the hospital, never once— Did I believe that God was going to take my husband home? I had the hope the whole time that my husband was coming back home again. He had beat coronary artery disease, a significant stroke. He had uh, open heart surgery, triple bypass, and he always miraculously came home. So when he got COVID-19, I thought he was going to miraculously come home. But God had another plan. And when I struggled with that, the Lord gave me a verse. Now, I've read a lot of Job through the years. And when you're a widow or you've lost someone, everybody quotes Job to you. But I have never remember ever reading this verse before. And it has become my life verse, the verse that I've clung to. And that's Job 14.5. You, meaning God, have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and we're not given one minute longer. Think about that. Think about that, listeners. Every single one of us have an appointed time to go. I could have lived to be 98 years old and my husband be 100, and it still wouldn't have been long enough. I would have never been ready to say goodbye, but— sometimes when we say my husband or my child or something it's like we have an ownership but my husband belonged to god and god could choose to call his child home when god saw fit to do that and that is what he did my husband loved the lord he was a man of god he was a man of integrity and he was a man that anybody that knew him knew these things about him he loved the lord he loved his wife He loved his family, and he loved his country. And I'll tell you how I felt when he went home to be with the Lord. It was brutal. It was horrific. It was like living with an amputation. When God puts you together, he makes you one. And when he takes that one home, it like rips part of you away and so my heart was shattered like glass inside of me, but it felt like it was being pulled out of my throat. I mean, nobody tells you that grief feels so much like fear that is so physical. You get this like this fight or flight feeling within you. You don't know what that, what that even is, but you just know it's an, kind of an anxious feeling because you don't know what's going to happen because you're learning to live for the first time. For me, I was 67 years old when he passed away, and I had never, ever, ever lived in a house by myself, and I just was just so overwhelmed with it all. But you know what? God has been so faithful as I cried tears and tears and tears. Um, Psalms 56, 8 says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle, and you've record- recorded each one of them in your book. And I think someday I'm going to get to heaven and God's going to have my tear bottle and he's just going to pour it out in heaven. It's going to be forever gone because in Revelation 21, 4, it says he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, no crying, nor pain for the former things have passed away. What a hope is that? I mean as sad as I was I clung to those things because for the first time in my life I was so numb I couldn't feel at times God's presence but God was there because he promised me my life verse in Hebrews 13:5b never will I leave you never will I forsake you Deuteronomy 3 26 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So, those verses that were my favorite verses before my husband went to heaven, now I was living those verses. And let me tell you, listeners, you think it's one way when your loved one's there with you and you're talking about maybe that day you'll be separated and what would you do? It's a whole nother ball game when you're when it happens and you're there. And um, losing someone like your husband and being a widow, it's like adjusting to an alternate life. It's growing around a permanent amputation. And like Stacy said, we went to Griefshare and we met each other and in Griefshare they tell you, Oh well, you're gonna have first you've gotta accept the death. And you're thinking, Well, of course I accepted the death. I mean, my goodness, I've I planned this his home, you know, his celebration of life, his memorial. But then you leave grief share and you go out and get in your car and you tell yourself over and over again in your mind, he's not going to be there when you get there. He's not going to be there. That's when you cling to God. There was times I didn't know what to pray. All I could say was, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Take a big breath in and breathe Jesus, the name of Jesus. You know, listeners, there's power in that name of Jesus. Jesus died for us. He rose again on the third day. That's what salvation is all, of, all about. And it says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you done that? I mean, think about it. I don't know how in the world— I could have gotten through this year without the Lord. I can't imagine if there's somebody out there now at the sound of my voice that is suffering in a loss or maybe it's a job, maybe it's, it's a divorce, maybe it's an illness you're facing, maybe it is a loss of someone. How can you do that without God? I just, please, if you're listening, Stacy and I both, are praying that if there's anybody at the sound of our mm-hmm. voice that doesn't know Jesus that they would make that right today because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Mm-hmm. I mean the world's going to tell you other stuff. You can go this way, you can go that, you can try this, you can be out in the outer space, you'd be no, no, no. When you leave this world, it's either heaven or it's hell. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you got to be prepared, for we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because Stacy and I are sitting here talking about this hope, it doesn't mean we've arrived. It just means that we now have Jesus, and He's, he's the one that's living in us. And hopefully that's what I want people to see in me. Not just this widow, which, by the way, I hate the word widow, but I have learned to embrace it. And um, as we get a little further along in this, we'll talk about how the Lord miraculously put 10 of us ladies together from two different grief share groups. And how we, since probably April of this year, have been regularly meeting together weekly to encourage one another, keep a text stream going. We have our own Facebook page. Yeah, you said something
2: that was um, very... um painful, but true. And I remember before we lost our husbands, um, before I lost Joe, we would talk about if one of us die. Mm -hmm. And even today, I have um, friends uh, that talk about, oh, you're going to die first, or I'm going to die, or if you die, do this. And I realized that when I'm standing there watching them talk that way, my sense of feeling is so much more different than when I talked about it before my husband died. And you brought up a word, amputation, and I heard that many times as I'm on this new road of widowhood. And can you share a little bit about that amputation?
3: Well, that amputation is, like I said, God puts us together as one. What no, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder, but yet when he takes us home, that part that partner home it just kind of rips our flesh and we have become one flesh now our flesh is ripped and it feels as though i think you'll agree with me that we felt like we were bleeding mm-hmm. both on the outside on the inside just with this horrible burning grief and that amputation we have to learn how to live and function mm-hmm. do our jobs go to the store take care of our kids um, our grandchildren, we both have grandchildren that we adore. Um, I have nine grandchildren, by the way, and two bonus granddaughters who are granddaughters of my heart that are married to my, um, my twin grandsons. And I know, Stacy, you have them. And, and that's a, a, just a, a, a joy in our life that can't be taken away. But, um, but that living with an amputation, it's like you're a stranger in your own life. It's the unnerving feeling of watching yourself from outside your body, going through the motions of what was your life, but yet you're detached from it all, but you're hurting so badly you just don't even know if you can function. And I'll be truthful with you listeners. I did not believe when my husband died on August 8th, 2021, that I would live to see 2022. And that's only because never in my life had I hurt as badly as that. And that me talking to you right now is a testimony to God and God only. Mm -hmm. And the strength that he gives us when we think we cannot make it, it's hanging on when we want to let go. And I'll tell you, it's a journey that is the most arduous, horrible journey I've ever, ever, ever traveled.
2: Yes, definitely. And that gives me a reminder, you know, as last week I shared when that Jesus shared in grief and wept as Lazarus um, went and died and Jesus rose him from the dead Um, and he wept. He felt that pain. And when he was in the garden and he uh, he cried out and said, may this cup pass me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And there is one I neglected to um, mention when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. He had to be separated from the Father because he had all the sins of the world. So Jesus understands, and it brings me to this verse, Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who is crushed in the spirit. Praise the Lord. And we have to look at God's word as alive and powerful and hold those key words to get us through certain times in our life. Um, And so can you share a little bit about this journey as um, certain tools that helped
3: you get through that brokenhearted times? Well, I'll tell you, Dave's death shook me to the core. Like I said, I never believed ever once that the Lord was going to take him in that illness. I've been a Christian for 46 years. I accepted the Lord on August sixteenth, 1976, at a Billy Graham crusade. And um, I've always been one that's been passionate about the Lord. And uh, I always wanted to finish this life strong and this Christian walk strong. And yet this shook me in a way that I thought, am I going to be able to finish this Christian walk strong? I knew right away that I needed to go to Grief Share because I'd gone to Grief Share in the past when I lost my parents back in 2007 and 2008. And I knew I needed to go to Grief Share. But like you said, the very words as I walked out of the ICU room after my husband went home to be with the Lord— The words that played in my head were, Connie, this is where the rubber meets the road as a Christian. Do you believe what you've said you believed all these years? Or is this not the truth? That was the enemy coming in. You know, we have an enemy Mm -hmm. as Christians. And he's like a roaring lion. And you know, he'll put those seeds of doubt out there. But boy, I knew. I knew what I believed. Now, the difference is, and I think you'll agree, Stacy. It's one thing to quote the scriptures. It's another thing to live them. Absolutely. Another thing to live those. Mm-hmm. So I sought out Grief Share right away. I have an amazing family. I have three children and nine grandchildren and wonderful Christians, all of them, and a lot of prayer, a lot of friends. But yet it was asking me now, like Grief Share said, to start this new identity, this new life. I didn't want a new identity. I loved being Dave's wife. I didn't want to start making friends. I didn't feel like I had the energy. Mm. But God led me to Grief Share. To Grief Share at a church I never went to. Grief Share on a night that seemed, oh, Monday night. That sounds, Mondays are kind of hard, you know. Um, So I started going to Journey Grief Share, and I met some amazing people. But I will be honest with you, the first 13 weeks I went, because the sessions are 13 weeks, I kind of only saw my pain. And Stacy, when you and I met, neither one of us could talk because all we could do was cry.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And the Lord just started, I started to open my eyes to those around me and see your pain when you walked in. And another gal in our Worcester group, Ruthie and Elsie and Gaynell and Tony, when she shared her story, seeing other people's pain and going, Connie, if you're going to hurt that bad, You need to do something with that pain you need to do something with what the what god does with that pain so god really laid on my heart that we needed to all stay together so i ended up going to a second grief share group on tuesday nights on a church near me that i did attend and from that group i met some wonderful women too i met barbara and i met jackie and i met gina and it was just amazing How the Lord brought us together. And like I said, we're now Wisters, widowed sisters forged by the fire of grief. That is so beautiful. And
2: I'm so blessed to be a part of this awesome group where we can rely on each other and point each other to Jesus. And that's really what we want to do. I want to leave us with this one verse. And um, as we go into the next section, we're going to really get into what happened at the hospital. And so he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old things will pass away. That's Revelations 21.4. We know that our husband is in heaven. Yes. We have that very confidence and he, they have no more pain, no more sorrow. And we're so grateful that one day we will be able to join them. And we thank Jesus for the hope of heaven. We too. Yeah. And so if you are going through a hard time right now, examine yourself and your relationship with Jesus, because it is so important to look at the eternal, because like I said last week... This life is but a vapor, and we're not promised tomorrow. After listening to this message, you could get up and be doing something else, and your life can be snatched from your life, your life, your your very eyes. So get right with God. Repent. Turn from your sins and put your trust in
3: Genesis. Do you have one more thing to say, Connie? Yes, I was thinking about what you were saying as far as that vapor. Several of the ladies that are in our Worcester group, their husbands were taken sudden. Yes. They got up in the morning, they went to get ready for work, they dropped, yeah. they were gone.
2: And it's so amazing, I mean, sad to say that out of our 10 women in this Worcester group, five of them died of COVID. And I want to leave with this because we're closing out. Um, Elizabeth Elliot had really a dramatic life, but cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus now, yes. listeners. God bless.
1: That's a take. And this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com.